How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen in to find out all kinds of ways for us, for you to um, improve your business, improve yourself, you know, nice tips for you every every time. And I, I just want to say thank you, you know, for doing that. I know it means a lot. And, and thank you for sharing and continuing to share this with everybody on your team and realtors and People in business, I really appreciate that as well. I am delighted today to have um, our guest speaker, Eric Janesco, who is um, the head coach and CEO of Maximum Acceleration. And um, so let me tell you a little bit about Eric before we actually bring him on. He's um, he is a certified and nationally recognized business coach and speaker. He has a proven track record of success in sales management and coaching roles in the mortgage industry and business community. And, you know, he's helped over 1,500 people achieve average an average growth exceeding 40% in the first six months of his coaching program. Uh, he's been a featured presenter virtually everywhere. I mean, every place. I've spoken, you've spoken to Eric, right? We kind of share, <laughs> share those. Um, so, you know, a great coach. And time. I thought, you know, this is a perfect time uh, because there's some statistics out there. And, and I wouldn't say they're really statistics. I was on a, another um, call that I'm on on a weekly basis. And we asked the, the group of people that were on the call, you know, what's going on with business? And, and by the way, we're recording this on March 5th. So we were asking people, you know, how's your year been so far? And, um, you know, 3% were saying, hey, I'm killing it. Uh, 68% were saying, you know, my business is down, and 23% were saying, well, look, I'm at or above where I was last year. So, you know, I thought, wow, what a perfect time to bring on um, a coach. And I guess I should tell you all, too, is that, you know, I um, had been, I'm no longer a coach with Maximum Acceleration. And, um, you know, I it, it's a great a great place to be coached. You know, I, I absolutely loved being a coach um, with Eric for, you know, for a year or so, I think that maybe, maybe a couple of years, I can't remember. Um, but a great, a great place to, uh, you know, to be coached. But that said, I thought, you know, let me bring on a, a comrade in this, you know, someone else who's coaching people to really see what your take is on this. So, Eric, welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us as well. Well, thanks for having me, Jen. It's always a privilege to, to have the opportunity to build value and help loan officers grow their business faster. It's what I really love well, doing you. and I'm very passionate about. Yeah, and I know you are. I know you are big time. So let's just dive. Let's just dive in. Well, you know, and I know you're certified and nationally recognized and stuff. But um, you know, you really came out of 
you know, the uh, loan toolbox sort of world where the coaching was held in the loan toolbox. Could you kind of expand on that about how long you've been coaching and how, how that kind of emerged into maximum acceleration? Yeah, a couple of different things. I mean, a lot of it was just, you know, life events. Uh, 2003, we had a situation with my wife's father-in-law and needed to move uh, about 200 miles from where I built my last retail origination office and, and on short notice. And so I jumped out of retail and into wholesale, and I got into coaching and training as part of that. Uh, I got pretty good at it and had the opportunity to meet Tim and some of the other leadership with Lone Toolbox. And, and it, 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 you know, it, well, I think it was around late 2004, we uh, – got started on a research project of basically just breaking down what were the best of the best in the industry doing. Um, you know, uh, originators that were doing 30-plus loans a month for three years consecutively, and what were their day-to-day -day habits and business practices? How did they cross the different thresholds or break past the barriers of six loans a month, 12 loans a month, 18, 20, and mm -hmm. beyond? And each time you hit another one of those ceilings, you hit another layer of complexity, right, and a different layer of structure that you have to change or evolve how you about the lending and originating process as you go to those different levels. And so we, we not only did we map out what their day-to-day -day habits were, uh, but we also mapped out what was kind of the roadmap to get from you know, three loans a month to 30 and beyond. And and so we built that into a structured curriculum that we uh, we have launched. And, and uh, you know, at this point, I've, I stopped counting somewhere around three or 4,000 students that we've put through the program over the years. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, changed and evolved as things have grown. Um, but we still hold the basic same core structure of, of providing very tactical level coaching and training resources for uh, working with our clients to help them take, make those changes. Um, you know, the other big hallmark of it is we really focus on long-range habit change, helping them build the consistent strategies and habits that lead to consistent success and lasting results. Um, and, and so that's kind of a hallmark of, of what our system is built to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what I really love about it is that, uh, you know, and why it, it uh, paralleled you know, my style so well is that there are so many coaching programs that, you know, are six months at length. And, uh, and this isn't about a coaching program, but they're, you know, they're six months at length and you have to wait for month four to get to the thing that you wanted to learn. And what I really love about Maximum Acceleration, it really hones in on where your issues lie today or where you think your issues lie. We start there. And then we build from there and sometimes circumvent, you know, maybe the issue that you think you're having is not really the issue. And so we identify that. And then from there we build, you know, in what in, so if we were talking about A to Z, we might be starting at Q and then going back to B and, and then doing J, um, you know, just to really guide you through that path of, you know, what um, is going to make the most impact for you in the shortest period of time. So, you know, if you're listening, and I know you're listening because it, not if you're listening, if you're listening in, right, you, um, and you have an issue that needs to be addressed, that's where the tactical part comes in, where Eric, you know, really hones in on that part. Fix that one first, and then let's explore what other things could be fixed. So thank you for sharing, um, Eric, on that. So let's kind of get into this, into this part here. So if, if truly, if this sample, you know, is that 68% of loan officers, their business is down this year. You know, what, what are you telling your students who, who are feeling that pressure? And, and, of course, a lot of this has to do with um, the market. You know, I think we, we have a shortage of inventory in, in a lot of major markets, probably not in, in the middle of our country, but, 
um, we have this shortage of inventory, and I think that that's affected realtors, and certainly that's going to transfer into affecting loan officers. But what are you telling your students on how, you know, how to pump them up and how to keep them moving forward, and what kind of tactics would you implore if someone's listening to this now and saying, gosh, you know, I'm way down, and I, I just don't know what to do? Well, there's a couple of different layers to it. The first is remembering that, you know, we work in a business where what we do uh, and what we get paid on today is the results of the work we did three to six months ago. And mm-hmm. that right now, here we are at the beginning of March, we need to be working on April and, and May volume. You know, April, you know, March is done. You, there's nothing we can really do to fix what is or isn't going to close at this point in the game. And mm-hmm. so what we have to do is remember that, you know, we need to be consistent. We need to have a focus and a target for how many leads we need to be proactively generating each week to stay on pace with where we want to be. You know, when I do goal setting and build and, and business planning with our coaching clients, we, we focus on two different components to that, though. We have a, we have a maintenance goal, a minimum volume that, you know, to be comfortable and, and be able to take care of your family the way you want to take care of them, what level of income do you need to make? And then working the numbers backwards from there to how many leads a week does that require you to be talking to? Uh, you know, as far as, by the way, lead, we define as, you know, you're having a relevant, a real conversation with a customer who has some interest or, or opportunity to benefit from what we do as, as mortgage professionals, i.e. buying right. or financing or otherwise, right? So right. Not, based so on that me, definition. Me, oh, yeah, one second. Yeah. So yeah, I was just going to say, this is not um, a realtor that called and said, hey, by the way, I gave your name to somebody or emails you and goes, hey, I just want you to know that Suzy Q might be calling you. Those are not considered leads. Correct. It's, it's having a relevant conversation with somebody who can benefit mm-hmm. from your services. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing what those numbers are and then working backwards to make sure that we're putting the strategy in place. Now, the second part of that is we have not only the maintenance goal, uh, i.e. three, four, five leads a week, uh, but we also have a stretch goal. Um, we have a target of where you want to be a year from now so that you can strategically work and build towards it. Because the reality of it is um, nobody really likes to do the find and grind, dialing for dollars, uh, you know, style of wake up every month at zero approach. Hopefully, we eventually want to build something that has more of a residual flow of leads, and that's where we get into partnerships with you know, a wide array of realtors, financial planners, CPAs, insurance agents, how well you network, what structured programs you have in place with maybe even like employer groups and, and, and uh, lunch and learns that you do regularly that generate a consistent flow of volume. And over time, we create a, a, enough value and enough benefit around your reputation in the community that you have an organic uh, volume of leads that just show up. And you don't. You can pretty much depend on them. You don't necessarily have to start at zero every month. The key element of all of that is is the market should never dictate your volume. Your marketing and the consistency and value of it should control your paycheck. And that's something that every originator, realtor, anybody in a you know self-employed, full commission environment, income structure has the ability to control. But you've got to be proactive about it just sitting around waiting, expecting, or hoping things are going to happen is not going to get it done. Yeah, and so I just want to reiterate that again, you know, so that make sure everybody heard this. The market shouldn't dictate your volume. Your marketing will. 
and and that's you know extremely that's like having the blue the blue ocean strategy you know putting the blinders on and saying yeah I don't I don't really care what the market is what I care about is what I'm doing on a consistent basis in my habits to ensure that I always have business coming in regardless exactly and from time to time that means you have to change your approach or strategy based on the the nature of what is or isn't going on around you um, so you know we, we you know we're looking at different ways I mean every market including even the smaller markets of the Midwest are struggling with inventory issues well there is a fix for that, right? It, 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 that's, mm-hmm. That is something that if we focus on and are proactive about finding solutions to it, one, it's about being more proactive and communicating with the homeowners that bought homes 8, 10, 15 years ago uh, about what their housing affordability is and how much better. It's, it's recognizing trends and changes in families' life cycle and what happens at the different stages of life that change a family's housing needs. And then once you understand that, how do you connect with people who are experiencing those changes? Um, you know, and, and get creative so can you with give it. us I an mean, example? Yeah, so I was going to say, can you give us an example of what we might be seeing now in, you know, any market that you are aware of? Well, there's a couple of trends. Um, like one is, you know, and, and I, Jen, I know you've had some success with this marketing strategy as well as family law attorneys, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, couples get, you know, married, couples get divorced, right? The households are forming and breaking apart regularly. And, and anytime you've got an issue like that, well, there's a housing need. Um, Another example would be, you know, families who bought homes that were more of your entry-level style housing, you know, five, seven, ten years ago. Families when they were dual income, no kids, um, bought a, you know, a thousand square foot studio condo, right? And mm-hmm. now they've got two kids, and living in a studio doesn't make a lot of sense when you've got two small children. Right, right. <laughs> kind of thing. It's just it, no. It I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt that thing up and down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's where can I tap into that? Where are the neighbors that neighborhoods that uh, or buildings that that sold out or filled up six, eight, ten years ago, oh six, oh seven, oh eight era uh, that we can go market to, um, and doing mm-hmm. so in creative and collaborative ways with, uh, you know, with our business partners, which, all, by the way, is also a great way to build value and rapport with realtors, financial planners, insurance agents, that kind of thing. Um, another great one is, is, you know, one of my go-to strategies, I've had a lot of coaching clients who've had a lot of great success with this, is wedding planners. You know, mm-hmm. poor people yeah, don't the, hire what are they wedding called planners, the wedding mafia. Right? Yeah, the wedding mafia. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. exactly. And here's the thing. I mean, one, you're typically dealing with more affluent customers. And two, you're either dealing with families that are sponsoring or, you know, a, a mother who has a lot of means, a wealthy family, where the mom and the, the bride are working together to plan the wedding and they're working with a professional wedding planner to handle some of the logistics of it. Uh, so you're dealing with a more affluent family in that way. Or you're dealing with busy professionals who are maybe a second or third marriage and they don't have time to plan their own wedding because they're both, you know, working 60, mm-hmm. 70 hour weeks as busy executives and they make higher than average incomes. You know, it's a great source for also elevating your, I mean, if you're, if you're struggling with, you know, the entry level markets being oversaturated and, and way too much competition for first time home buyers, there's just not a lot of inventory in that first level of housing in most markets, well, elevate your purchase price. 
go after the mm-hmm. markets in the neighborhoods that aren't as contested or as are not as strained on inventory because you're dealing with those tier two, tier three, tier four level properties in the market. And by the way, most loan officers and realtors mm-hmm. these days are paid based on a percentage of the deal. So you also give yourself a, a pay raise when, when you go after that higher uh, higher net worth market, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's really key, you know, for you. And, and by the way, this is more of a SWOT approach, right? It's the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I think that we don't spend enough time uh, doing forward thinking, strategizing, right, as to what shifts there have been in the market to even identify yeah. that, oh, you know, maybe I should start doing that. I didn't think through that. Um, right. You know, if I've got a lot of clients that are calling me and, and they're all saying, you know, I'm pending sale of my current home, I'm pending sale of my current home, I should be in tune to the fact that, hey, this is a shift here. Not everybody who's calling me is first-time home buyer right now, but instead they're calling me and they're having to sell their home. So maybe this is a market I need to be looking at. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was um, I was visiting, I was up in Chicago area last week and um, – doing some speaking up there and then also visiting some family that I have in the area. And one of the things that caught my attention as I was driving through some of the neighborhoods is there was a, a, a real estate sign um, in a couple of different places uh, with one particular local real estate franchise that is advertising, buy a new home and will buy yours, which I thought yeah, was kind of an interesting way of solving the inventory problem, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, well, we know the entry-level homes are flying off the shelves, right? That's not an right. issue. The risk for the real estate company, and I'm sure they probably have some insurance on it behind the scenes to protect them, but the reality of it is a lot of home sellers aren't selling their home because they're afraid of, you know, what they're going to be able to buy. And, and so that making right. that an easier and smoother transition makes a lot of sense, um, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. and I thought that was a very unique and creative idea for – solving the problem. And I think what it comes down to is, is you have to stop and ask the question, what do I want? What's my goal first? Then once you have a clear vision of where you want to go, it's easier to then backwards engineer, how do I get there? Yes, I'm going to have these obstacles and challenge. Yes, I need to do you know, five deals a month or 10 deals a month to, uh, you know, to make the income I want to make. So how do I do that? And how do I overcome mm-hmm. those obstacles or challenges that, uh, that are going to be uh, a barrier to achieving that goal? And, and when, you, when you look at it from that perspective, it's a lot easier to find the solutions uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to it just becoming a mental blockage and barrier of, of, oh, woe is me, there's nothing I can do about it type thing. Mm-hmm. So if there, was, um, if there was one or two tips, that, you know, you could give to someone not knowing, I mean, this is a very generic question because not knowing the specifics about someone's tenure, their resources, their uh, past business, and, you know, knowing that you can't go from two loans to 30 a month overnight, um, not knowing that, what, what, if someone were listening to this and they hung up the phone and they could take immediate action, and I know you're all about action too, what would be an immediate step to either get the wheels spinning so that their results would be coming in three months or an immediate step that they could get business today? What, what would be in this market, you know, this, this particular market, what would you think would be something that someone could do? Well, I mean, we all have connections and relationships, right? Whether you're day mm-hmm. one in the mortgage business or day 
you know, you know, whether you've been doing it for 50 years, you all have relationships, right? And, be and careful. all of those relationships. Don't be <laughs> well, I know you. Well, you just celebrated a major milestone, but uh, uh, and I'm, I'm approaching one myself. Uh, yeah, well, anniversary that is. Yeah, no, I know, but you know, I've worked with coaching clients who've literally been doing this business since the the early '80s, and or even yeah. in one case, the, the late '70s is how long they've been in this mortgage business, and and they're still you know loving it and enjoying it, and mm-hmm. and anyway, long story short is we all have relationships, right? And all of those relationships have a lot of relationships. They all know people. Uh, sociologists have been telling us for decades that the average American has a a, a sphere uh, a circle of influence, a core group of people that they care about and interact with regularly, ranging somewhere in the 35 to 45 people. So 30, mm-hmm. you know, 30 to 40 people uh, that every person you know knows, right? That's a huge network, right? And so being able to tap into that network, um, you know, it, it is vital when it comes to being able to start communicating value and what the message is. It, what it really comes down to is, is we, we call them home opportunity evaluations or home opportunity reviews. It's a simple way of offering a family the ability to think about who they know that is in a less than desirable or less than ideal living situation and may not be aware of what the market would afford them today versus the markets 10, 15 years ago. We find that a lot of families are in a lesson uh, that haven't moved, even though they would have loved to years ago, because they don't think they can afford to. A lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with misinformation from the general media that, that has been, uh, you know, popularized uh, among our American culture. And, and so by just having some civil conversations with people about who they know that, you know, like maybe the family that's outgrown the home they're in, they've had three or four additional children over the last couple of years, and they're, you know, stuck in a home that's way too small, but they haven't upgraded yet, most likely because they don't think they can afford to, we would love to offer them a home opportunity review or home opportunity evaluation. I can have that conversation hundreds, if not thousands of times a week and, and create a buzz and create, I, mm-hmm. I don't care whether I'm posting it on Facebook and creating a, you know, a viral message from that perspective, but when you start thinking about how to communicate, and, and that's just one small example. Uh, another one is right. who you know that works you know, that, that has a solid job but is renting the same place they've been living in the last couple of years. Uh, a third one is, is like empty nesters. You know, who do you know that their kids are grown and gone but they're still living in the, you know, the big three-story, four, five-bedroom house and maybe would, they would love to, you know, right-size and move into something more accommodating to their empty nester lifestyle, you know, a, a, a single-level townhome in a gated community and a golf course with 24-7 maintenance and security so they can enjoy their sunset years and travel without fear of maintenance or break-in issues, right? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions and dialogues, if, if uh, you know, any of us could have two or three times a day, that's 10 to 15 times a week, that's, uh, you know, uh, you know that, that, that's getting into the 40 to 60 times a month. If you're having 40 to 60 conversations a month with families about who they know, that would benefit from the current housing opportunity and market, you're going to generate proactively and positively all the leads you could possibly ever imagine needing. And and it's just aligning your approach and strategy with what do you need, how many do you need to be generating a month, and are you consistent at it or not? And that's mm-hmm. where the breakdown comes in more often than not is you get busy being busy and you forget to stay on the marketing um, 
and, and that's when you have those peaks and valleys type situation happening. If they stay consistent with this, they're tracking and monitoring it, um, you know, you should have a good week every week, which is going to lead to a good month every month and, and vice versa. It's when you fall off track, you have a bad week leads to a bad month, bad month leads to a bad quarter, bad quarter leads to a bad year. And, and then you, yeah. you know, you fall into that victim mentality. Yeah. So, so let's go back and, and just kind of reiterate a few of these things. You know, um, I think that, uh, I, I guess I want to go in two directions with this because I, I pretty much know the answers to these questions, <laughs> but I want to make sure everybody else does. When, when you're talking about, you know, who do you know who, you know, is an empty nester and, you know, everything that you said about going to the golf course and everything and, you know, and having security. When someone responds so that people, because people are going to be listening to this and going, hey, that's a really good question, but I'm not going to ask it because I'm afraid what if they say they don't know anybody? <laughs> okay. And I think that's, that's our barrier because if, mm-hmm. if truly we're engaging with, you know, even five people a week, if you just started doing, you know, look, one I can't do your push-ups, right. right? So do one a day, just get yourself, you know, do, do it with your, the, the most friendly people, the people you really like so that you can mess, mess it up as you go through there. But, but if someone says, you know, I don't really know anybody, you know, what, what kind of response should they be? should they have what what suggestions do you have for response to you you know who do you know so eric you know who do you know that's empty nesting and wants to move and you know and has been living in this big mansion mcmansion and needs to right size is there, is there anybody you know or who do you know that can do that uh or that is in that category and you say to me you know jen i don't know anybody what is my response going to be because i want to eliminate all the barriers to entry on right. doing this well all right so two things one and and we're if you back up a step and think about what do you say just before you ask that question, part of it is, is you know, how you set it up, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, wanna, I don't want to not answer your question, but I do think there's an important thing for people to hear here, and that is, is you yeah. know, when I'm reaching out to these people, I'm talking about, you know, there's an amazing housing affordability opportunity. Yes, inventories are tight, but there is still, you know, the average family's buying power is significantly stronger today than it was the markets of 15, 20 years ago. Um, and and so for that reason, unfortunately, there's a lot of families out there that are unaware of it. So we're, you know, we're trying to reach out to the community and get the word out as fast and as far as we can uh, with families who are in a less than ideal living situation who aren't doing something about it when they really probably could or should be. Um, and, and so we'd love to enlist your help in that kind of community service initiative. And that's why we look at it from that perspective. Then we go into the who questions where we're more likely to get it. The second thing about that is, is when asking the who questions, I start with a who question that matches more of the demographic of that individual, so I increase the probability. And then if I'm talking to a past Bingo. client, right, who was a first-time homebuyer 10 years ago, I'm going to start with the growing families move-up type question. Yeah. Right. Who do you know that's in a house that they outgrew years ago but haven't upgraded yet? Um, because that's going to align with their social sphere better, right? Right. The third thing it's kind of like is, being is, an attorney. It's kind of like being an attorney, you know, where you say you don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to, right? So why would you ask correct. someone who who's a tradesman, right, who's in a, a two hundred thousand dollar home if they know anybody who'd like to buy a million dollar home? Yeah, or a va- second vacation home, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. And so, right. it, you know, that's part of the element of it. And and then the other element is okay. They may not necessarily. I mean, I I, I still use this practice in my own origination approach. And there are, you know, a, 
I don't know, maybe one out of five, one out of six times that I'm talking to somebody, it's a bad time, they're distracted, whatever, and they just really can't think of anybody top of mind. So what I ask them, to, you know, and, and that's okay, I'm prepared for that. Okay, my backup plan is when you bump into somebody over the next couple of yeah. days who is in one of those situations, be sure to introduce us or call us with their name and information so we can make sure that we follow up appropriately and they don't miss this incredible opportunity. And, and what I'm doing is I'm putting in a suggestive or positioning style of approach that, that gets One, I'm assuming they will bump into somebody because nine out of ten times what often happens is they may only give me one or two. They can only on the spot think of one or two. But behind the scenes for the next couple of days, it's got to be on their mind that I mentioned this housing opportunity and that there's a lot of families out there that could benefit who aren't taking advantage of it. And they will be bumping into people at the water cooler that they're going to overhear talking about really needing a bigger house. Right. And so it'll stick with them for a couple of days. So even if it doesn't Mm -hmm. turn directly into new referrals, it often will turn into recommendations or introductions later in the week beyond that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the other thing that we can do with this, too, by the way, is encourage our, you know, other community contacts, our alliance partners like realtors, financial planners, insurance agents, et cetera, to be thinking about the people they know uh, and asking them to do something similar. Right, because if they're talking to, if I have five realtors and I have five realtors talking to one family a day, now all of a sudden we're reaching 25 to 30 families a week instead of just the five. If I'm only talking to one a day, right? So mm-hmm. I can share this mm-hmm. message, and we can do it mm-hmm. in more of a community-oriented approach uh, to be able mm-hmm. to help that translate through. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, thanks for sharing that, because I, you know, I just want to make sure that people don't. Uh, say, well, I'm not going to, it's a great idea, but I'm not going to call because what if they don't know anybody? I don't know how to address it. Of course, if they have someone, you you know, we want to say, you know, are you comfortable recommending them or uh, introducing us? I also want to get back to the second part. Remember I said I was going to go in two different ways. Um, Something you and I use a lot and I want to make sure everyone else is using is who do you know, not do you know anybody? So can you talk about that? And well, let me pair, let me, let me set this up a little bit. I see realtors and loan officers doing this all the time. Um, I can't even do it without thinking because I have to do it the wrong way. I know it's all right. Um, do you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell or um, if you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell, I would love to be introduced. Right. Versus mm-hmm. who do you know who something, something specific, you know, I don't know anybody right. who's looking to buy or sell, but I specifically know someone who's expecting a baby right? If it's right. people that are expecting the babies, et cetera. So can you talk a little bit about um, where that came from and how, how that, you know, has impacted your uh, career, you know, your practice when you were originating and now originating a little bit these days too? Right. Well, I mean, it's basic psychology, right? We as human beings are pre-programmed to respond to very specific questions in very specific ways. If, uh, I, when I introduce us or teach us in workshops or training events, um, I often ask them, who's your best friend? Or do you know the name of your best I, again, I'm trying to struggle like you do with it. Like I know, you yeah, trying to do it, it wrong. Way. It's hard yeah, sometimes. It's, yeah. do you know your best, you know, um, do you know your... Uh, 
do you know your best, do you have a best friend or do you know the name of your best friend is how I usually phrase it in a workshop. Mm-hmm. And, and what it gets people saying is yes or no. And, and I always make a cute joke about the guy who said, no, I guess you got too many friends to, you know, to, to pick which one's your best friend and everybody laughs and it's kind of funny. But the reality is, is it, it that do question is a very simple top of mind, quick response. And 99 out of 100 times, they can't think of anybody. There's nobody right there unless they literally just their buddy was talking about wanting to buy a house five minutes before they got on the phone with you. There mm-hmm. isn't anybody top of mind. When I ask them, who do you know, their brain is going to be searching their mental Rolodex for a specific family or person. And if I give them a little more to go on, if I tell a little bit of the story about the type of family that could benefit, then their brain is going to be searching for something that matches that. And, and in, in, in that process, it forces their brain to think several layers deeper into the, the nature of the relationships they have around them. Uh, and and that, that's what is one of those, I mean, it, sometimes it's just the most subtle adjustments that make the biggest differences in what we do and how we do it and what results it produces. And little adjustments like that with the who versus do type stuff. And that's just one of a thousand different examples that we can work on in, in our business development and sales strategy coaching uh, that, that make a huge difference. That one little subtle tweak. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's really big. And, and uh, like you said, I mean, I have a hard time not saying it. So once someone, you know, once you start ingraining this, who do you know, who do you know, and having a theme, I think that's really important too. having a theme either on a weekly, I prefer monthly, a monthly basis, for example, you know, I wouldn't say, um, you know, uh, who do you know, who is a, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the best a nine or a 10, who is a uh, financial advisor right? I, I can't ask, well, let me back up. Who is a CPA? I can't ask that question in April. It doesn't make any sense because right. yeah, they may know somebody, but I'm never going to get the connection. They're way too busy. So, right. you know, thinking through that, maybe you ask for that um, financial advisor in January so that people can buy that extra IRA, right? Maybe in February right. you're asking, it's love month, it's love month. So maybe you're asking for someone, you know, in that realm. Here we are now coming into March and April. I'd be asking for an HVAC, you know, maybe I want to have a connection to an HVAC, maybe not. But, um, you know, someone who does that, because as soon as we turn on, you know, those of us in the, in the areas where it's winter, as soon as we turn on the air conditioning, it's not going to work, right? Something's going to happen. Right. So I want those connections now. Um, and, and maybe those connections, if, if it's love, maybe it's those that got engaged this month, you know, and backing, backing into your bridal, you know, your bridal, um, uh, whatever thing. I have called them. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and like you mentioned, you, you know, having a baby. I mean, you know, I literally have had clients who've picked up loan customers out of the line in the grocery store. And, and, you know, it was one of those social casual conversations that they were three or four deep in the line waiting for the checkout. The, my client noticed that the lady in front of him was obviously about to have a baby any day. And they struck up a, it was just a social conversation at first, but she asked him what he did and it turned into a 15, 20 minute conversation that led to them actually helping that family buy a house. Um, you know, and, and it's those kind of things. It's being aware of and recognizing and communicating those life events. It, by the way, there's ways to do this on a much larger scale as well. I mean, think about, okay, where can you go meet thousands of potential new families getting married? 
going mm-hmm. to the bridal fair or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the baby uh, uh, events, uh, trade shows and, and events like um, one of the local hospitals has a baby fair every year or a couple times a year, actually, um, you know, where they do a, an expo style um, an educational programming for young parents or, or expecting parents. Right. Or, or posting on a website. There's websites because I have, you know, grandkids and another one on the way. There's websites where you can get parenting tips, right? Where you say, okay, my baby has a rash. What is it? You know, or they put post pictures and stuff. Those are great places for, for you to post information that would be helpful to them, even if it's just safety tips and they're coming from you as a lender, safety tips for children. Um, we do that for, for houses all the time, you know, uh, how to get the best return on renovations, what rooms should you do, right? And so just because we're not in real estate doesn't mean we can't, share tips about different things that we pull offline and, you know, we can share them on there. We don't have to write them. We just go and do our own Google search and then share them on there. And pretty soon people will think that they know you because you've posted so many times and you've commented so many times. So especially if you have kids, you know, if you're in that realm and you can answer the question. Absolutely. So, all right. So as we kind of close up here, what, um, what book are you reading right now? Or listening to. Well, that, I, I have like <laughs> I have like six different ones I'm working through right now. <laughs> actually, I'm rereading some of the ones I haven't read in a while. Um, actually, one of the ones that I'm I'm looking at right now um, and revisiting. Um, it's, it's funny because they usually and the title is is the emyth, and, and one of my buddies, mm-hmm. a good friend and, and fellow coach, Brad Corn, is actually writing the emyth for real estate agents. And and so anyway, just you know, talking about the systemization and how you duplicate yourself. Um, you know, the the, the issue in, and one of the bigger issues for growth is if, if you're listening to this and you're you know you're trying to figure out how to get to thirty, forty, fifty loans a month and beyond. Well, the reality is the market doesn't necessarily buy you. They buy the reputation that uh, the, the, the experience, experience that you have the reputation of mm-hmm. creating. And if right. you can duplicate the experience, then you can grow mm-hmm. to whatever level you want uh, over time as you apply the different resources and, and, and along the way. I mean, obviously, if somebody handed you a million dollars and you want to go start a perfect mortgage company, you could do that too. Uh, and you could build the system that could grow a lot faster if you've got a, you know, reinvest what you make and, and grow to the next level, then, then it'll be a little slower trajectory. But there's, there's a way to get wherever you want to go. By, there's always a way, right? The question is whether you want to apply what's necessary to get you there or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I just learned something recently I want to just say about process and systems because this is my specialty is efficiency is always, it's not always the most effective way. So being efficient isn't always effective. So we want to be careful when we do implore, implore or, you know, implement a system that creates a great customer experience that we're looking at making sure it's the most effective and that it's not, um, well, this is the most efficient way to communicate with the client is to send them an email, right? And it is the most efficient way but it might not be the most effective way. So as we're looking at each one of those steps, we want to always be understanding, you know, what the client is receiving or the partner, if you're doing it for your partners too. What are they receiving and is that the most effective way to, to emulate that? So there may be times when you have to be less effective, I mean, less efficient to be effective in that client experience. And, and that's something I'm looking at at my entire process right now, you know, reviewing it is, um, 
making sure that it's not just efficient, but it has an effective element as well. So I just want to share that too. Yeah. Yeah. But and and, I love this obviously is. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Jen, I'm hijacking a little bit, but. the, okay. the one thing, and this is probably a topic maybe for a future podcast, but, uh, it, you know, the difference between value and, and, and efficiency, right? I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of mortgage companies out there that are really worried about the whole digital revolution and being replaced by the robot mortgages of the world. But, but what I'm finding is, is that, 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 you know, it's like what happened to the financial planning industry 20, 30 years ago when the first online trading platforms came out what you see was a massive separation between the cheap, fast, easy, high-efficiency online trading platforms that were really cheap but didn't create a lot of value and the the individuals who subscribed to a different theory and went to the complete opposite end of the spectrum of creating massive value for their customers and doing long-range financial planning. You know, how do you start as a young couple, uh, you know, first married and, and grow and build savings and wealth and get past consumer debt and, and out of that trap? And, and, and then what, as you grow and evolve and as you navigate through those different stages of, of financial life uh, on through to retirement, um, you know, these financial planners and advisors are, you you don't really see anybody in the middle anymore. You don't see transactional trade brokers existing anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody who's doing short-term trading and and buying stock online are going to E-Trade. Everybody else is going to the full-service financial advisor who's providing a lot more than just transactional-level advice. Um, and, and it's that value and that transformation of the relationship that has created that, you know, that huge spread in the spectrum. And, and, and we see the same thing happening in the mortgage industry. And I think for those that embrace the mortgage planning value proposition and ideal and really have changed the nature of how they interact with customers to create value that lives so far above and beyond the, the benefit of one transaction are the ones that are achieving at a higher level, seeing a significantly higher volume of repeat referral business organically and holding and, and achieving higher profit margins on a, on a per mm-hmm. loan by loan basis. No right? question. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Cause you take yourself out of the commodity and put yourself into the exactly. expert. The, the realm of expert. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and well thank there's a lot of benefit for the customers as well in that respect, you know, because they're getting mm-hmm. better advice. Oh, of course there is. They're making smarter yeah, decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, and Fannie Mae just came out with a, with a uh, um, gosh, a survey. I'll just say a survey. And, you know, 62%, I think is what it is, 62% of consumers still rely on their mortgage lender and their real estate agent to provide them with advice about how to purchase a home. So there's still all the online stuff, but when it gets down to brass tactics, they still want the human being. So they're going to go search, they're going to go look, but they still want the human contact. And so you're not going to have the click and close of, of you know, um, I mean, it's going to be there. There's going to be a certain percentage of people that will click and close with Quicken, but there's going to be a lot of percentage of people that are still going to want um, to have that personal, you know, feel, touch, and especially with millennials, they, they want that education, they want that community, they want that relationship. And I'm finding, I, you know, I set out thinking millennials were just going to want to do all kinds of things online with Skype and this, that, and the other. And I'm actually finding they, they prefer to meet. I ask them, what do, my preference is to meet, but what is your preference? How would you like to move forward and progress, you know, with our relationship here? And they all want to meet. They want to be educated from pither to post, right? 
And um, mm -hmm. so it's going to be a nice combination. It's going to be local. It's going to be independent. It's going to be experienced loan officers that are going to win the day. But the key is, and what we're talking about here, is you've got to start taking action now to get the results. And if you're, again, if you started in January with your new plan for this year, then you're really not going to see results until around April or May. So this, this year, coming up in 2018, more the reason to get in line with a coach so that you can start working on 2019 this October. You know, not when it's all said and done. So, um, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you on. And, uh, you know, I can't believe that we haven't done this for I've been, been doing this, <laughs> this uh, podcast for two years, and I haven't had you on. It's so silly because, you know, we've known each other for so long, but it, that's just what happens. We, life gets busy. But I know you have something you'd like to share with the group. Um, you have a giveaway, right? And um, so I, I'm just going to tell everyone what it is, and then you can uh, quickly tell us, uh, you know, what it entails. And so if uh, you will all go, and we'll put this in the notes as well, to MaximumCoach.com. Uh, forward slash strategy, you can sign up for a complimentary one-hour strategy session with uh, Eric. So, Eric, why don't you tell us what happens in that strategy session session really quickly? Okay. Well, it, you know, it, just over the years, we've found the best way to really understand the true value of coaching is to experience it. So, we're going to you know, go deep on a particular issue that they're looking for some help or guidance on. We're going to give them some of the tools and resources that are in our library of content that are appropriate to taking action on that strategy, and we're going to walk them through that in a in a real real time one on one coaching session. And uh, we'll leave a little time at the end if it, if it is an appropriate thing for them to consider engaging in. Uh, then we'll talk about the P's and Q's and it, and the how and what and where and the commitments on both sides. Um, uh, and then go from there. Like I said, there's no cost or commitment for the event. Um, it, it's just something that we found to be the best way to help customers really get the value and begin to get on the right track with getting their business where they need to go. Um, by the way, there's one other I'll throw in there too. If you go to MaximumCoach.com slash solution, you can even download a number of our free resources and tools uh, that we provide, um, some tips and tricks for value proposition, the Home Opportunity Initiative conversation outline, um, some of the other engagement tools for originators to use to create more of a front-end mortgage planning value proposition, and even post that online and, and, and do that in your, your Facebook post, your social media engagement, your online marketing, and your warm-up and drip campaigns uh, as you're trying to engage customers. Because one of the things that we found about all of the, the stuff we were, that Jen, you and I were just talking about with the value proposition, you can win in a digital uh, world if your content is superior in value. You know, when you put mm -hmm. out there content that talks to people about the how short-term thinking costs them a lot more than just the best rate, and, and you start talking to and communicating and interacting, because let's be honest, most buyers are going online to shop for their property these days. When they go online to Zillow and Trulia and Redfin and all those places, uh, they're getting hammered by a million people soliciting them to get pre-qualified for a loan. And yeah. so to change that dynamic, if you've got a better message and a stronger value proposition in your online reputation and presence, and you're giving the advice and guidance about how this can become a catalyst for a, a better financial future, you're going to be able to tap into that. And that, that's one example of some of the tools and resources they can get from that uh, MaximumCoach.com slash solutions website as well. Um, 
but to sign up for the strategy session, uh, the, the one-hour coaching session, it's MaximumCoach.com slash strategy. Um, and there's a quick little web form to fill out on that site that will get you access to the appointment, and, and our team will reach out to coordinate scheduling. That's awesome. That's awesome. I call what you just said drowning for information, drowning in information and starving for wisdom. And that's really what is going on right now is people are just drowning in the information, but they're starving for the actual wisdom and, you know, from the horse's mouth. So, Eric, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We sure appreciate it. Um, and listen, if you have interest in having a strategy session with Eric, please be sure to visit his website. And it, he's mentioned it a couple times, but we do have it in the notes. So you'll be able to uh, just click there and, and link right on over. And um, I thank you again for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery, and I thank you again for sharing this with one person this week, just one person. Let's get our listenership up even more, and I appreciate that every time, and um, we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.